You're listening to sermons from St. Macarios the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Christos vos crezi. Wonderful to see everyone this morning. And we have this wonderful gospel story found in the ninth chapter of John's Gospel. And we've been reading from these early chapters of John's Gospel in these weeks after Pascha. And it's helpful to know that John's Gospel can be broken down into two main sections. You have the Book of Signs, as it's often called, which encompasses Jesus' ministry through the raising of Lazarus. And then we have the Book of Glory, which is our Lord's final discourse and supper with His disciples, His passion, and His resurrection. And so we've been reading from this Book of Signs. And the signs of Jesus, these things we often call miracles, these signs have a particular character in John's Gospel. And it's a threefold character. And you can see it in every one that you read. Jesus does a sign. A controversy ensues, meaning there's a crisis of judgment that is created. And because of this controversy, some believe in Jesus and others respond with unbelief. And this story of the man born blind is a perfect example of of this controversy story created by a sign of Jesus. And in fact, John is a master storyteller in how he unpacks this. He uses the conventions of the ancient theater. You'll notice, if you read the the story carefully, that it's actually broken down into eight different scenes, although we don't read the last scene of the story in the Gospel this morning. But if you read the remainder of John chapter 9, you'll see it. Eight different scenes. And in each different scene, you'll notice that there are only two characters who take center stage, sometimes represented by an individual, sometimes by a group. So these characters are, first, Jesus and the disciples. Then, it's Jesus and the blind man. Then Jesus and his neighbors, the blind man's neighbors, excuse me. Then the blind man and the Pharisees. Then the parents of the blind man and the Pharisees. Then finally, again, the blind man and the Pharisees. And then Jesus and the blind man. And finally, Jesus and the Pharisees. Though, as I said, we don't hear that scene from today's gospel. So eight different scenes, each revolving around two central characters who take center stage. Jesus, the disciples, the blind man, the neighbors, the Pharisees, and the parents. And this morning, I want to focus on how each of these characters 
respond to the blind man. And then afterwards, I want to look at two different ways of responding to Jesus. So first, how did these different characters in this, in this gospel respond to the man who was born blind? The first response that we see comes from the disciples. They're walking with Jesus and they come across this man. And the disciples' initial reaction is to respond with judgment and with condemnation. They ask this question, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Like Job's comforters, the disciples are sure of the moral failure of this person, and they're sure that his moral failure is to blame for his suffering. We have a phrase for this. We call it blaming the victim. He's a sinner, or at least he's the son of a sinner. And sin deserves punishment, therefore this man is deserving of his blindness. And you'll note that disciples never even acknowledge the man. They talk about him in the abstract. He's merely an object of theological discussion. They have more interest in perfecting their theology than in the image of God that is standing in front of them. So the first reaction, judgment and condemnation. The second reaction we see in this story is that of the neighbors. After this miracle has taken place, the neighbors don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond to this man formerly who is blind. So the first response they have is uncertainty. They can't believe, is this the same person? What happened, they asked. You know, some say it's him, some say it's somebody else that looks like him. And when the man who was formerly blind responds, their own uncertainty forces them to pass the problem along to a higher authority. So their, in, their uncertainty turns into indifference. Take it to the Pharisees. It's not my problem. Let someone who is more qualified deal with it. So the neighbors respond with uncertainty and indifference. The third response we see comes from the parents of this man who was formerly blind. When the Pharisees come to them to question the parents, they respond in two ways, with fear and with deflection. They respond with fear because they were afraid they would be kicked out of the synagogue. And they respond with deflection because they say, why are you asking us? He's of age, go ask him. Once again, then, we see from the parents the response of, it's not my problem. Let the person deal with it themselves. The fourth response that we see comes from the Pharisees. The Pharisees in this gospel respond in three different ways. First, 
they try to rationalize this man's healing. They try to talk the blind man out of his conviction. They say, give praise to God. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He heals on the Sabbath, after all. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. They hide their malice behind their piety. And when their attempt to rationalize with the man formerly blind fails, they turn to their credentials. They say, we are disciples of Moses. God spoke through Moses, but we do not know where this man, Jesus, comes from. We are the teachers of Israel. We have the right credentials. We went to the right seminaries. We have the tradition on our side. We are with the fathers, however you want to put this. And then, when their attempt to rationalize fails, their attempt at their credentialization fails, they turn, like the disciples, to condemnation and even condescension. They say, this blind man is a sinner, and we know this because he was born blind. You were born totally in sin, and are you trying to teach us, they ask? So, four responses so far. We've seen judgment and condemnation from the disciples, uncertainty and indifference from the neighbors. We've seen fear and deflection from the parents. We've seen rationalization, credentialization, and condemnation from the Pharisees. But how does Jesus respond to this man? How did he respond? Jesus responds in three ways. Jesus sees the man with love. Jesus judges the man with mercy. And Jesus acts for the man with compassion. He sees with love, he judges with mercy, he acts with compassion. That is the way of Jesus. See, judge, act. And of course, as we saw, or as we said rather in all of these signs of Jesus in John's Gospel, they always create a controversy, a crisis. The question must be asked, is Jesus from God or is he sinful? How do the people respond? We see two responses, in fact, to this sign of Jesus. The first response of the blind man is to believe. In fact, we can see in this story, like the story of the Samaritan woman, that this man progresses in his belief about Jesus. He begins by calling him a man. The man Jesus healed me. Then he says he is a prophet. But finally, As we heard at the end of the gospel, he recognizes him as the Son of God, and he says, Lord, I believe. The second response 
is characterized by that of the Pharisees. Their response is unbelief. Despite seeing the grace of God in this sign, despite seeing the powerful impact that such a healing would have on this man born blind, the Pharisees remain convinced that Jesus is a sinner because he does not keep the Sabbath. Their inflexible theology prevented them from seeing the work of God right before them. So five responses to to the blind man and two responses to Jesus. And the question that the gospel asks of us this morning is how will we respond to Jesus? Will we respond with increasing belief or with unbelief? Perhaps we can restate this question in another way when we ask, rather, not how will we respond to Jesus, but where will we respond to Jesus? For, of course, we know that how we respond to Jesus is shown in how we respond to those around us, especially those in need, as the two great commandments, love of God and love of neighbor, cannot be separated. So where will we respond to Jesus? Will it be in the face of those in need, the face of those who are suffering? Will it be in the face of our fellow human beings created in the image and likeness of God, in the face of our neighbors? How do we respond, we might ask, when we encounter those who are suffering, those who are in need? Do we act like the disciples And the Pharisees, do we respond with judgment and condemnation? Do we say they got what they deserved? Do we act like the blind man's neighbors with uncertainty and indifference? Do we say it's not my problem, others are more qualified? Do we respond like the parents of the blind man, with fear and deflection. Again, it's not my problem. Let him deal with it himself. Or will we learn to trust the grace of God and learn to act like our Lord, to see the one who suffers with love, to judge the one who is in need with mercy, to act in behalf of the one in need with compassion. What does Jesus say to the disciples' initial question that began this story? Who sinned, this man or his parents? How does Jesus answer? He says, it was neither this man nor his parents who sinned, but so that the work of God might be manifest. And what is the work of God? The restoration of his icons. To bring about the work of the new creation, to restore us to his image, to his likeness. Jesus tells us that this man who was born blind was an opportunity 
an opportunity for love and mercy and compassion, and greater than that, a chance to encounter God. See, we participate with Christ. We join him in the work of the restoration of his icons. When we see those whom we encounter as opportunities for the manifestation of the work of God, when we encounter our neighbors, our colleagues, our co-workers, those who are in need, when we encounter them as opportunities to, like Jesus, see with love, to judge with mercy, and to act with compassion, and thus participate in the work of God that Christ is accomplishing, to see with love, judge with mercy, act with compassion, and so find ourselves among those who are believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and so believing we too will have life. Amen. The end.